and the power of J-Skull. Welcome, everybody, to yet again another episode of The Power of J-Skull, where we're focusing on Shira and the Princess of Power. And as you can see from the thumbnail, secret, secretly double trouble, darling, that, uh, yeah, we're doing the first seven episodes of season four. Yes, the it's season of Double into the Trouble. Season. Yes, the season of Double Trouble. I've got to be honest with you, Jace. Coming into the season, I was a little bit apprehensive because of the stellar, and I mean stellar, third season that we had watched. It was one of the greatest seasons of television. Period for me, I was just locked in. It was so going into the season. Just like, yes, have they hit their peak? I don't think they have. I've watched the first seven episodes of this season, Jason, and I am locked in more than ever before. And I think what makes it great is all the experiences and the knowledge that we have of these characters from the last three seasons is playing off so well in this first seven episodes. Yes. Uh, I have to admit, I think whenever we first started talking about Shira and the princesses of power I had said something about yeah it hits its peak at the third season finale and then the rest of the show is good but it's never quite as good watching it again I think I was inaccurate it's still pretty darn good well it's you know especially in this first half of the season we'll get into it shortly is a lot of this first half of the season is dealing with the effects and of season three um yes. You know, and, and not just the finale of season three, everything that happened in that season, we got going back there and forward there. So it's it's wonderful. And let's get cracking into it to episode one of season four. And here we go. Episode one, the, cor the coronation. Let's say that correctly. Coronation. The day of Glimmer's coronation arrives, overshadowed by grief, accompanied by... Adora and Bo, she embarks on a quest to find the Chamber of Queens. The Chamber of Queens. Ooh, it was almost close to being a copyright strike there, Chamber almost. of Secrets. <laughs> Wasn't though. Um, yeah, what a what a interesting episode, Jason. Like we start off what seems to be a very kind of magical moment where we're clearly understanding that now Glimmer has to take the mantle and become the queen. And uh First, I've got to say, I'm not a hair person, clearly, because I don't have much of it. But I like Glimmer's new look. I was digging yeah. her. You know, yeah. she's looking. She, I think they've animated her differently because she's a little bit, I think, taller and a bit more growing up. Is that fair to say, do you think? Dave? I think it's I think it's fair to say Glimmer. I, I, and I kind of think it was her outfits as well. I think her outfits yeah. made her look very childlike. But as we see her in the coronation, she's got almost a grown-up hairdo. She's got more grown-up clothes. So, you know, it's like they said, the, it's more of the look and the confidence because she is putting on airs here. But secretly, as we see, she's still a little girl who misses her mom, as so Ooh. she should. And I love that nothing in this show happens in a vacuum. Everything affects everything else. And I think the coronation is a great example of that. It's, it's to me, it reminded me, uh, if anybody's ever lost somebody important to them, you know, uh, what what I think was really outstanding about this episode is the fact that the people around her, how they're trying to support Glimmer, um, and they're trying to do things to make her life easier, make her day more special, but they're not really addressing the, the real problem. 
and yes, and that is the fact avoidance. that she's still in extreme amounts of grief at the loss of her mother. Um, and and then you put this this weight of having to be queen, and the whole ceremony and responsibilities which uh, that that you know she's got to do. It's it is. Um, I thought it was very powerful. You know, um, at the end of the day, I don't think she really wants to be queen. I, no. I think that's fairly evident for our, everything we've lost. So no, she because she, really I think she lot. realizes what had to happen before she was queen, for one thing. Mm. You know, Simba, Simba, for example, sings that song, I Can't Wait to Be King, mm. and then he loses his dad, and it's like, oh, I could have waited, actually. Mm. <laughs> so I kind of feel that Glimmer's in the same uh, the same boat. As far as but that her goes. her friends, all the princesses, Bo and Adora, they're doing their best to help her in this episode and trying to make that day special. But the more they help, the more anxiety Glimmer is going through. Yes. Oh, so, to the point where everybody's trying to do things and, and help, and it's just becoming too much. Yes. You know? Um, it also it makes for a funny moment in this episode, but because she's under pressure, she starts making poor decisions. She's under it. <laughs> the funny one, obviously, you know what I'm heading towards. Yes, yes. Mr. In Charge of Flowers, <laughs> which is hilarious. Oh, opinion. and you know, Mermista was eating that up. She, <laughs> she was passionate about her art and just completely oblivious <laughs> to the fact that Perfuma was just shattered by the fact oh, that she I... was not given that job. And I just... I just loved it. I love. Uh, I love. I looked at her so much. and I'm thinking she's going to have a panic attack any second now. <laughs> she's just losing it. But yeah, I mean, the main main point of this episode is really much around the coronation. We don't see a lot of the villains, except to closer to the end of that episode. And what a scene! I mean, talk about shifting yes. power dynamics, Jason. And I, I think it's very interesting that while we have a story of Glimmer dealing with the grief of the loss of her mother, over in the Fright Zone, Hordak is dealing with the grief of losing who is probably the one friend in the world he's ever had. Mm. And I thought, what an interesting parallel. Because you have two characters, two vastly different characters, dealing with grief in two vastly different ways, with mm. two vastly different support structures. I almost felt worse for Hordak. Because yeah. Hordak well, had long. no one. Yeah. No one to confide in. No one to to yeah. vent to. And Catra is, of course, just manipulating him by this point. The whole thing. I mean, it's a complete lie. I mean, he, yes, he is yes. believing he's being betrayed. Which is not true. It's based on a complete and utter lie. Yes. And eventually yes. it's getting to the point where Catra is taking the opportunity to kind of seize a, a higher power. Like, I mean, she's not in charge, but she's certainly got the upper hand here when it comes yeah. to. She may with not be in charge, so. but she is in charge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Catra is certainly at this point. I feel, and I'm, please don't comment, but I feel. There's about to be a significant change with Catra because we're leading up to a really strong, I feel like something at the end of this season in regards to her. I don't know what, um, but I, I feel that Catra can only keep going in one direction here before something's going to change because yeah. she is, she has isolated herself on a massive scale. 
Yeah, and we get to see this further further on. I I think that it's interesting that the more powerful Catra gets, the lower she sinks. Yeah. Until she's she is she's she eventually ends up by herself, like Hordak, with no support behind her. Mm. It's friendship (laughs) is magic, and her magic is gone. (laughs) (laughs) But overall, um. You know, it's it's a great it's a great introduction to the the the, uh, the season four. We've reestablished our characters yet again. We know where they are. I haven't rebooted anything. Like a lot of shows, they go, "Oh, that happened last year. We're not really going to address it." No, as you said earlier, everything affects everything in the long term and yes. the short term. So, which is wonderful. So, great first one out. Second episode, Jace. Let's get into the second one. All right, let's do which it. Which is uh the valley of the lost episode two glimmer sends adora perfumer bow and huntara to retrieve amara's ship but the horde beats them to it catra meets double trouble a oh. shapeshifter and the show can officially begin yeah that's basically <laughs> what it is it's it's oh. really once she joins it um yeah it gets crazy but yes you know, we get to see Glimmer, uh, sorry, Glimmer, um, becoming, you know, starting to make queen decisions by sending the team to go and retrieve Mara's ship. So, um, you know, so she's starting to take that responsibility minusculely. Um, but I, I don't know if it's this episode, next episode, I may get confused, apologies. But she's really struggling dealing with the fact that she's not there with them. Yes. Yeah, that's a big deal why for Glimmer. Not? Yeah. Again, it is the changing dynamic of power. Sometimes mm. having more power means you have less freedom, and she can't be there doing the fun stuff anymore. And mm. it's 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 amazing. I I love it. Again, everything affects everything. So so well written. I mean, we said it enough. I mean, these writers <laughs> like you know you know what I'm gonna say. This is a little bit of a side note, but I am so frustrated at the lack of um collectibles or figures or anything from this series. I'm telling you right now, Jason, if they came out with a line of the princesses, uh, that I would, mate, I'd be pre-ordering that. I would pay the right price. It's just such a shame because they're so iconically looking. They're so definable they with the, by their designs. They are. I know, the, I know the rights are all tied up right now, but I wish that there were master verse versions of these characters. I, I would pick up a... I- I would pick up a Catra like that. I mean, I just, oh, that's, I just love. That's what I was thinking, know. though. In the, in the, it would have been great in the Masterverse. Like, yes. that would have been a great line to introduce into that. Yeah. But anyway, well, we're getting off. Hopefully, they'll they'll straighten out the rights sooner or later because you know, yeah. and there are a couple of figures that were released. There were two, but yeah, you, you're going to have to pay a lot to get any of those nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. DreamWorks. Oh, somebody the... needs to be making money off of them. Get on it. Yes, exactly. So basically, back to this episode, Huntara discovers, and I, I loved Huntara from last season. It was great yes. to have her back in. She goes home to try to what reclaim her home in many ways. In a way, um, yes. In a way, yes. Um, but you know, things have been perverted by the horde. The horde's yes. kind of like got there first. So yes, and Huntara mm-hmm. has kind of lost her mojo a little bit. Yeah, yeah, she isn't as powerful kind of as she was, you know, when we we saw her last season. But, but there she is being part of the group, so. 
And, you know, I'm going to say I, again, I've said this before. I love the fact that this show is not just a bunch of skinny girls. I love that there are all these different body types. You know, there's there's big characters, kind of kind of chunky characters, thin characters, and every single one of them are just valid and wonderful. And I love that message that it sends out to young people that it does not uh, matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what your body type is. You are a princess. You know, and, and I don't want to make it gender specific, but young females are exposed to all this messaging in their lives about, you know, you've got to look a certain way, you've got to have this certain thing, you've got to own this certain thing to be valid. Yes. And there comes along a show to going, frankly, yeah. this is all bullshit. Like, yeah. you're beautiful the way you are. Yeah. You know, hey, by the way, isn't... have you met Spinnerella? She's our plus size princess and she will whoop your butt. <laughs> that's it oh but it's 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 like it's i mean the icing on the cake which it's probably a fundamental part of the material but the, to me the icing on the cake is a so positively affirming um different like stereotypes and characters out there and diversity and all that wonderful wonderful yes. stuff so yeah giant there's there's tip. somebody oh, sitting at their keyboard right now just convulsing going <laughs> Everything I don't like is woke. <laughs> go stay in your little gun field basement somewhere yeah. in a red state, you know, and get ready for a war against yourselves. <laughs> um, but hey, Jace, this is the episode where we get to meet the one and only, the delightfully amazing Double Trouble. Without a doubt, my favorite character in the series oh, by a long God. shot. And if you'd have told me last season that I would be saying that about a character introduced in the in the next to last season, I would have said, no, you're crazy. You're mm. crazy. Who could be better than Catra or Scorpia or any of these characters? There, there they are. Double now, trouble. The best. When we're talking diversity, and I think I said this in the chat, I'm watching Double Trouble go, oh, wow, how cool is Double Trouble, Double Trouble? But my, you know, middle-aged cis brain didn't actually click that it's being performed by a trans a uh, actor. And I thought, wow, that's fantastic. Well, well, A, the sexuality for the voice doesn't really matter, but I'm like, great. This is a this is important for representation. Um, and I thought they were the voice acting in this. Oh, I've just not heard of this actor before. Jacob so Tobias. evil. Yes. You know, I wouldn't even call Double Trouble evil. Double Trouble is more mischievous. The the chaotic neutral. Is it, I don't is really... it Q-like in some ways, if I was to bring Star I would, Trek in? I this? would say so. I would say that Double Trouble is there just to make money and cause mischief. No. But that's the thing I've got to... I don't clearly understand. Maybe it gets unfelled. What really her clear motivation is here? And 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 I think it's chaos. Yes, yes, and uh, yeah, they they are there to cause chaos, and that yeah. is Double Trouble's modus operandi: is to make money, cause chaos, and be friggin' spectacular and fabulous. Oh, always. And I have to always. say something as somebody who who has kind of I would say blossomed in the theater myself. Mm. People like Double Trouble are my favorite people to be around. Because they are so much fun, yeah. And yeah, yes, they're absolutely. they're a little saucy, they're a little sassy. But you know what? You got to love that confidence. Oh yeah, you got to love that confidence. 
Absolutely. Actually, I was watching the episode with my wife and my wife's cousin, um, uh, Tony, with an I, and we love Tony. We grew mm. up with Tony. He's also trans. And and my wife's watching going, wow, that's Tony. That's Tony. <laughs> and I went, Tony's not like that. He goes, no, 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 no. The way that that they're like delivering their lines, that sass, that, that that's exactly like Tony. And I laughed and I messaged Tony and said, this is you. <laughs> she laughed. She thought it was wonderful. Um, but, but yeah, like another great thing in this episode, I, I don't want to miss this, this perfume is struggling oh, with God. adapting to the plant life <laughs> when they're going to. I just love perfume so much because she brings out she makes for me anxiety okay. Yes. <laughs> because the way she like is dealing with oh, like I can't kind of deal with it makes me feel someone who gets anxious occasionally, as we all do, that it's okay. Yeah, it happens. But um again, just like all these great episodes, perfume learns and adapts. Yes. And then becomes all powerful once she has Control of cactuses. Cacti is the problem. Yes. The root the system. Oh, my gosh. They have such strong roots. Yes. This is wonderful. It, it kind of reminded me a lot of Avatar The Last Airbender here because mm. Aang has trouble with Earth because mm. Earth is so stubborn, as he says. It's so stubborn. It's hard to control. Okay. And here's Perfuma pretty much saying the same thing. So, you know, if we're going to lift themes from other shows, do the good ones. And I, I like this. I like Yeah, if you're going to steal, steal good yeah. stuff. Hey, there's nothing new under the sun. Nothing no, new. That's all been done before. <laughs> now, when Double Trouble, I like this little scene where uh, Double Trouble plays Catra. Yeah. Adora. Because it's the first time in this series we're getting, oh, this is how we're going to play this. Like, everything's up for grabs. Trust no one. Yes. You and know, I, this is... I particularly liked a couple of things about this fight. Number one, it was, it was like edge of seat, just, you know, both characters adapting and and fighting for their lives at one point, and yes. then whenever Adora corners quote unquote Catra, mm. looks at her and says, "Excuse me, I have more important things to deal with right now." Because Adora's done with Catra, she's done. That fork in that feline, she's done. Wow, that's such an interesting point because when yeah. you have breakdowns in friendships and relationships. People recover from it at different times and different mm -hmm. in different ways. And you're exactly right. Adora is I'm emotionally completely done. Yes. It is yes. over. That you that are who you are. Catra's dead not. look that she gave Catcher in the finale, whenever she came oh. out of that portal, it was like, We're done, dude. Yeah, we are done. Such There's great no shot. salvaging us. We're over. We're done. And Catra knew it because that was how Catra shrank back and was like, Oh no. Mm. Did Katra mess up? Katra is not over, girl. though. You would agree with that. She's still very emotionally connected to Adora. You right? would think so, wouldn't you? Well, because if she has all this hatred towards somebody, there's a fine line between love and hate sometimes. Yes. And you would hate yes. someone with so much passion unless you still felt emotionally <clears throat> connected to them in some way. So, yeah, not great, great intro to a wonderful character. We've got so much more to talk about. Let's go into... Episode three, Flood Arena. Now, the village of Elberon throws a party for Adora, Bo, and Swiftwind. A village girl named Flood Arena helps when the horde springs another trap. 
So we get into, you know, basically in that synopsis, we get introduced to what looks like a lovely little addition to the princess team of Flutterina. Yeah. And, you know, Flutterina was one of the original characters from um, She-Ra and the Princess of Power. So, mm. of Go course, we're, we're, we're thinking, oh, sure, Flutterina. Yeah, come on in, girl. Mm. Mm. <laughs> another big, and we'll get, talk about that a bit more, but another big thing about this episode I thought was interesting, just coming off what we're talking about Catra, in this episode specifically, we see her struggling with her guilt. Yes. With betraying Adora and framing Entrapta. Yes. So we're seeing so she's not quite over yet. She's, she's not quite over it, is she? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> so Horde is, mate, they're not firing on all cylinders at this point either. They're not like, they're not actually winning everything. They're not dominating as much as they want to. Um, but that's about to change because Catra introduces double trouble to the Hordak. Yes. So, um, which is wonderful. By the way, sorry, the image here. I thought this was a wonderful image. This is when she woke up because she was having, in the beginning of the episode, nightmares. And we're talking about the guilt. I just love that because that's humanized Catra there. Um, yes. Because we had spent the last season and a half dehumanizing her by just making her a villain. Yes. It's wonderful to see that kind of emotional complexity. I come completely back. agree. I'm I'm glad that they started rehumanizing her a little bit here mm. because I was starting to just see her as an unrepentant monster, you know, kind of yeah. like Adoro has been. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, and here's here's the gorgeous, cute <laughs> little Flapperina who looks so innocent. It looks yes. like she's going to be fun. Oh but, yeah, and uh, that's the kind of character Double Trouble would just jump at to play right there. Oh. Well, and uh, basically with the help of uh, Flood Arena, she, uh, sorry, with the help of the Catcher and the Horde now are making good headways. They have a yes. jewel in the crown now. Someone who will be able to report on all the Rebellion's activities. So, yes. Which is fantastic. Um, so, but they, with Flood Arena's help, they were able to win the day and they welcome her as part of the family. Um, we don't know until I think it's I think it's this episode, the final scene where her eyes flicker. Yes, and then uh, that's when it dawned on me. It may have dawned on you earlier because you're a bit smarter than I am, but it was that moment when oh shit, that's double trouble. You know, I I gotta admit, the first time I saw it, didn't suspect precisely nah. because Flutterina was one of the original Shira characters. So to yeah, me it was it was just natural. Oh, here's Flutterina. Yeah, cute, innocent. Kind of annoying. Yeah, she's yeah. she's gonna be the new uh the new Frosta or something. Yes. I that's... did not see it coming. I didn't see the uh I didn't see <laughs> didn't see the eye reveal coming until it was too late. So yeah, yeah. double trouble fooled me. Yeah. So it, it, that wasn't one of the strongest episodes, a very good episode. Um, and it's setting things up. So if I was to say my critique on the episode is oh, this is a setup episode for what's happening later. Um, yes, and I don't need, need, I mean to say it's bad in any way because it ain't. No, no, I would the the bad quote unquote bad episodes of Shira, few and far between, and uh, just well, I haven't good. found one yet. No, no, I haven't either. Not to me, and I don't know if I'm just becoming fanboy of it, and it could be, but as somebody who has watched thousands of films and studies films and like into the like the, the inner <clears throat> workings of scripts and. And how characters are played out. This show 
is up there with like I've repeatedly repeating myself all the time with some of the best because there there is I would say oh, there's yes, no fluff absolutely. on the scripts. There's no fat. Like everything seems to be trimmed down and purposeful. And I appreciate that because there's a lot of stuff we watch that is it's just got a lot of fluff, you know, to fill in scenes and yes. Really, when you could just cut a lot of that out. So they're, they're, they're fantastic with this. Now, I like this show because I feel like it had a, I feel like it had a, an endpoint whenever it started going. I feel like they had an endpoint. They knew what every episode needed to do. And so, as you said, it's all very purposeful. And yes, I completely agree. It's, it's very tightly plotted and very smartly plotted television. I wonder how far ahead they knew where this was going because it feels like somebody, now take note, Lucas, Lucasfilm. Um, somebody with a whiteboard mapped this out. I feel you're right. I think it, it, it that was, they, I think that they said, you know what, we're going to go four seasons. This is where we we're going to stop. This is where we're going to end. How are we going to get from here to there? Exactly, exactly. And, and yeah, then, uh, and, yeah, it's great. Yeah. yeah, wonderful. Now, before we kick into season uh, four, sorry, episode four in season four, let's try to a quick break. That's it. She is the one hope against the intergalactic horde. Hers is the one power which can stand up against the evil horde. Who are you, woman? The name's She-Ra. For the honor of Grayskull, you must not miss the adventures of She-Ra, Princess of Power. On USA, today at 11.30, 10.30 Central. Did Hordak just talk with with Skeletor's voice? I think he did. Oh my gosh, that is embarrassing. In fact, I wondered if they stole that line. I think Who are you, they did. woman? Who are you, woman? <laughs> well, let's forget about the misogyny that's happening there. <laughs> More like it, I think they just ripped that off. That's that's an eighties promo for you. Yeah, love them. <laughs> I I love the classic USA Network. I, I can't miss it. find. Any promo, of course, because it's a streaming show, finding materials for this particular show is so difficult. Yes. It's just, it is like one of the, I, I, I feel like grabbing the people at Netflix marketing going, what were you doing? This thing was a gold mine right now and you blew your chance here. And it's so strange um, because, you know, the, the CGI He-Man show that they are both, that's airing now and they're aiming at kids, it's got a ton of merchandise. Ton of merchandise, even yes. here in Australia, where we struggle to get a lot of at Master Universe stuff down here. Mate, I can go to any toy store, and there is that new He Man stuff everywhere. Every yeah. character is available. Yeah, but um, yeah, for some reason, this show, I'll have to write a very stern letter to someone. Yes, a very sternly worded letter <laughs> to the editor on this matter. <laughs> Episode four Pulse. Now, this is a big the squad. Waylays, waylays. I've never heard of that word. The squad waylays a horde. You've never heard of the word waylay before? No, I haven't. It's like to to beat up. Okay, I've learned something new today. Goodness. Um, only to have the tables turn while Adora hunts for a new pulse bot. Glimmer takes advice from Shadow Weaver. Oh, this is delicious. This yes. And I, I, I think it it's funny that I, I learned like Toei from you from you today, and now now you're learning Waylay from me. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a pity I couldn't share it, but Jason had sent me this uh, 
this little clip and it was basically in a like an Australian DJ who talked about a car accident that happened on a freeway and it was written in such an Australian writing and vernacular that yeah he was like what the hell is this oh well you know <laughs> put it this way good tip for Australian is we like to add an IE onto everything ah. so we like to shorten words and then grab an IE so if you're going out for breakfast you're actually going out for brekkie brekkie interesting yeah, if you if we have truck drivers they're known as truckies all right here um, we go got a bingle out on Brody tell he's in, on site but as a result it's chockers in that direction so basically, mean there was a car accident in the suburb of Broadview. Meanwhile, there's the tow some... truck has arrived to the accident scene, and um, there is the traffic is congested on both ways. So best avoiding the area. Meanwhile, there's an American tourist sitting on a bus listening to that, going ah! <laughs> <laughs> kind of like when an Australian lands in in Las Vegas and they say the temperature is 120 degrees. Ah! <laughs> hey, if I've got one criticism about the show, they needed an Aussie in here. That would have really me. did. You know, I don't an know. An Aussie princess, bloody brilliant, I reckon. <laughs> the most foul mouthed princess of all time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, there'd be a lot of bleeping in the black bar across the mouth <laughs> with that princess, I think. Um, all right, Rebellion. This, 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 epi- uh, sorry, Pulse, this episode. Now, the Rebellion is. Mm. Tables have turned here. The horde yeah. is back on fire um, for very good reason. We know Technology because marches have, on. They have access to information they've never had before yes. via the deliciously wonderful <clears throat> double trouble, of course. Um, and uh, you know, because of that, the rebellion can't figure out why they seem to be, um, you know, either in a trap or things that they thought they were going to work out and not working out. And in this particular episode, it's about a transport. They go to to basically take a transport. It's supposed to be full of something. I can't remember what it's supposed to be full of. But they go to the transport's empty, right? Yes, I think yeah, so. Yeah, if I'm correct, it, it, just it stop me if I'm wrong. carrying a special weapon. That's right. It was and a bit of first one's tech, wasn't it? It was something like that, yes. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Now, but this is, uh, the, when we talk about tech, they've got a new robot. Uh, capable now of emitting destructive pulse pulses. That's what I call yes. the episode pulse. And it's it's good the thing where it screws itself into the ground and then goes boom. And when it does it, man, it knocks everyone on their back. Yes, it does, including Bo. It, it injures Bo in this episode. So, and you know, no one. I, I was a bit like, nobody hurts my boy Bo. <laughs> nobody. Bo should have been Australian. I would have done that. He's so yeah. sweet, though. I don't know if he would fit in with... He would. I don't he know. Would, he would I, don't know. I don't know. I like Bo the way he is. Never mind. <laughs> oh, yeah, Never me mind. too. But best Bo ever. Flutterina uh, should have been the Australian. Yeah. <laughs> Oi, you're Shira, aren't you? Can I Can I borrow your sortie? <laughs> yeah. Um, Adora uh, takes it personally, though. <clears throat> Excuse me. And vows to bring vengeance. <laughs> um, to avenge her friend, and with the help of N- N- and this is the episode which starts off with Natasha, isn't it? And, yes, um, Natasha and Spinnerella, and Spinnerella, two princesses who are yeah. usually just in the background doing nothing. They finally have an episode where they're doing things. Yeah, and they've got an opening set. And when you're talking about different body shapes, look at this. Isn't this yes. great? Yeah, I love wonderful. I love Natasha. She's great. I'm, I'm sorry, Spinnerella. Yeah. She's great. It's um. It's uh yeah, it was a great little opening scene, real action packed, real kind of happening. So that was 
that was really cool. But the coolest thing about this episode, I'm just going to get to it, is this relationship. Yes. How good is this? Yes. Like, so and, uh, and look, I don't know at this point. My instinct says that Shadow Weaver is actually turning, has turned good. She is now on the side of the right side of things. But they don't play it like that. You could be no. very much going, oh, I don't know if I really trust what Shadow Weaver is doing here. Is she manipulating? And Adora thinks that. I mean, it's obviously goes through the next few episodes. But Adora is really got her back up about Glimmer spending time with Shadow Weaver. Yeah, I don't really think it's the... I don't think that Shadow Weaver is turning good. I think Shadow mm. Weaver just has a very strong sense of self-preservation. And mm. she knows the only way to really preserve herself is to make sure that the Horde does not win. That's an excellent point. I think you're right there, 100%. Yes. Um, but yeah, the reason I felt like that, though, is because she seems to be very eager to develop Glimmer's power, you know, her powers. Yes. Which, which, based on what you've just said, really cements the fact that yeah, she's just solidifying her own, yeah, her own she, welfare. She doesn't, she doesn't want Hordak to get her again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, Pulse. Um, <clears throat> really, it's it's a look. It's it's a great little episode. Very action packed. I thought. Yes. Um, Double Trouble again. Great in it. She's reporting it though. At the end of this episode. Katrin Double double Trouble has to kind of explain herself, doesn't she? Yes. Katrin yes. is consistently being Katrin, doesn't <clears throat> trust anyone. Even, even someone who's as powerful as Double Trouble, she's not quite convinced. And, uh, you know, it's the first time Double Trouble is, you can see her, not only is she able to manipulate things from a physical perspective, but the way she's getting into the psyche and the head's, of yes. these characters so great. I think that's that's one of the things that I think people always underestimate about actors is that yeah. actors understand how people think and why people think and that mm. makes them the best manipulators. And I say yeah. that I say that as somebody who has hung around with actors and who has yeah. been an actor himself and I've hung of, around actors too. Yeah, you kind of become yeah. you kind of get this superpower after a while, you're like, oh, well, I know, you know why you're acting Let's like face this. it, acting is the game of being an excellent liar. It is. That's basically what it is. And, and it is, yes. look at it, I mean, we, we think of the word lying as a negative, and it does have negative connotations, but lying can be a superpower if you can transform yourself and make other people believe you're somebody else. And, that's and what there are a like. lot of good liars on this show. Catra yeah, yeah. and... Double Trouble and Shadow yeah. Weaver, all just it is very much that. Lives. And again, I think that's a reflection of reality, though. I think that's mm -hmm. the, the 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 makers of the show are going. Look, man, we're going to deal with real world issues in this platform, but in the real world, you know, out of ten people, there's probably four or five of them that are lying consistently. You know. I don't know about you, but I've actually had friends who used to tell me stories and that, and you believe everyone on their face value. And then you start to uncover the fact that they're not a good lie because you start to uncover the lies. And it's always, yep. it's always heartbreaking when that happens. You know? really this show is. is definitely kind of dealing with it. It really is. This show does deal with toxicity and honesty. Oh, yeah. And just, you know, how, how much is this person worth? You know, how much is this person worth to me? 
And I know that's kind of a cold way of saying it, but it really kind of does. Uh, you know, one, one of the great community services this show does is, I think, actually, rather than protect the kids and go, oh, no, you're a child, everything is wonderful and the life is rainbows and sunshines, they're actually prepping kids for, especially in an emotional space of some of the realities of having friends yes. and complex personal home lives, <clears throat> all that kind of stuff, you know, the weight of responsibility, and it goes on and on, so... This next episode's delightful, though, Jace. Yes, delightful. It is. Delightful and a bit uh, disturbing. Yeah, it does get disturbing, but I'm gonna. F- <laughs> but I'm just remembering the episode of basically being thirty six percent. Thirty six percent. Episode five protocol: a spore storm, which is so cool, traps the horde trainees in the woods and traps Adora in the Crystal Castle, where a damaged Light Hope is forced to reboot herself gotta say love the spore storm i love it was it, it was very uh very interesting yes very unique never seen something like that before because it, it takes the elements of acid rain in a way like extreme acid rain where these spores go in and they are literally eating everything it makes contact yes, with yes um which is which is really cool. Which is really cool. And so a I little love scary. A little scary, I thought. Well, because we don't know. I don't think we really. I mean, there's no way out of that. No. Like the episode dictates that if that sports storm kept going, it was game over. Yeah. It was only the fact that it stopped at some point that really things kind of re- rectified themselves. Because no one actually stopped it, did they? It wasn't any. No, it, it, wasn't it no stopped on its own. It was a force of nature. Stopped. Yeah, I'll stop when I want to. Yeah, and one of the effects of the spore storm is it's really affected um, Light Hope significantly. Who who is you know a hologram? She's she's a computer program, and she's an old computer program, so she already doesn't work well. Yeah, and then this one just made her work even more not well. Yeah, not well at all. In fact, that she was trying having to reboot herself, and uh, anyone who's involved in anything to do with IT can understand that. She was uploading the 36% and then it would crash. Yes. And then she would have to reboot herself again. I just think Certainly it's wonderful that even in a fantasy Windows world, yeah, even in a yeah. fantasy world, the best way to fix something is to turn it off and turn it back on again. Yeah. <laughs> but it makes for some funny scenes. Oh, really absolutely. Does. And, you know, Light Hope has always been kind of a, a nothing character, I thought. You know, just I'm, hello, I am exposition. You can have this exposition today, but not this exposition. Um, this episode gave her kind of a humorous turn, and I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed this little romp with Light Hope. It does. And it, it Adora seizes this opportunity by trying to get more information about her predecessor. She's yes. trying to understand. <clears throat> and I think that, why that's so important for Adora, because if she can understand that version of Shira. And and Light Hope's relationship then that helps Adora maybe connect stronger with Light Hope because I I think Adora feels very disconnected to Light Hope even though she's part of the training and everything there's not that connection there that I think Adora was really hopeful. I think um, Adora is still looking for a parental figure, yeah. and she's <laughs> she basically cut off her one parental figure. She has yeah. another one, and she's just looking for that connection. And it's a connection that Light Hope is either unable or unwilling to give her. 
And I do think that we did see some humanization of Light Hope here. Even though she yeah. is unfeeling, you do get the you do get the sense that there was a connection between her and Mara, the first the, oh, the last definitely. definitely. Yes. Because uh, Mara had uh love light hope. That like yes. oh, you know, you know, you could feel that that connection was there, absolutely. And uh yeah, I mean it gets quite sad. Like as we further go on to this episode, when you start revealing some of that background, when like Hope is able to show the the conversation she's had with Mara and things, like it's quite sad. Really on the is. flip side of this episode, <laughs> which to me is starts off funny and gets really sad and, and and poignant, is the parallel story of Kyle and I'm forgetting the other two characters. Lonnie guys. and Rogelio. And Rogelio, I love Rogelio. Right. <laughs> um, I love the fact that I don't even give him subtitles. He's just yeah, he's just. Blah, 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 blah. He, his body language explains it all. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? He really does. He's one of the best horde minions. I think he's yeah. great. Pork. You know, yeah. Shut up, Kyle. <laughs> yeah. Poor Kyle in this episode. Oh, poor Kyle. This is a. Well, I feel like Kyle obviously gets gives everything he has and he's that positive kind of guy from you know uh and, and, and all that kind of thing but he's been treated like trash for the entire series and uh, in a way he proves his worth in this episode yes and he also uncovers the fact that the people that are working with him do care about him yeah and I thought that was lovely uh, unfortunately he had to go <laughs> over some horrific acidic burns to his entire body. Um, to go out and try and you know resolve the issue and get moving on the transport, so he goes for a lot of pain, there is no doubt, and they all do because they all go out in the end and do it. But if you look at Kyle compared to the other two, that's yeah, he definitely got burns. the worst. That's that's something that I've said this before. I enjoy the fact that this series revels in showing that even the bad guys are people. And people are not 100% bad. They're not 100% good. Everybody's got good things and bad things about them. And most people are just collections of good things and bad mm. things. And even the quote-unquote bad guys can be good in their own ways. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, and I think that plays into the next episode quite a bit, Jason. We'll get into that because, wow, that's got ramifying effects. But in, overall indeed. for this episode... It was good because it's an, in a way it's a quite a heavy expositional episode. Like we're getting a lot of new information in some ways. Well, um, Adora is, and so for the audience kind of is as well. We're getting a stronger sense of uh, Light Hope's role in this whole thing. She's more than – I walked away from the episode going, she's more than just a hologram. Yes. yes she's she is. a developing AI. She's almost got her own – yeah, I mean, she may not understand the emotional side of of people, but she's certainly trying and evolving and, and learning. And uh, yes, certainly, I looked at her rather different now. I look at Light Hope very different at the end of this episode than I did at the beginning. So, and like the other characters on this show, also a collection of good things and bad things, mm. because that last scene was something very sinister. Oh, remind me again, Jason. Describe she, for me. she watches the uh, hologram of Mara giving her flowers and with no emotion on her face says, this file should have been deleted. And she deletes oh, it. Yes. 
What is so, behind that? They, they haven't mm, gone back to that in what I've seen. Mm, there's something yet. behind that. Not yet, say. but it, it is coming. It is coming. Okay. Yeah, no, nah, great episode. Great episode. <laughs> okay, you know how much I love Scorpia. Oh, love she's, she's so wholesome. I just love her. This episode, as soon as I saw the title, I'm like, oh, strap yourself in, Jace. You're in for a ride. <laughs> and I'm talking episode six, Princess Scorpia. Catra orders Scorpia to find Entrapta's recording so Hordak can perfect his experimental technology. Flutterina sows dissent in the squad. And I don't know what I want to talk about first, actually, because um, she's double trouble. Man, she's doing her thing in this she episode. She is. She is. She's messing stuff up. She's doing her thing. And she's man. having a good time doing it, and it's so much fun watching her do it. I'm like, yeah, tear apart them rebels. Oh, wait. <laughs> but she, she is very honed into going, the key to my success is to get in between Glimmer and Adora. That's yep. where it's going to fall apart. If I could wedge myself in there, it's going to be the most effective for what I'm trying to achieve. So, which is wonderful. Um, but this episode really is around, how do I explain it? Princess Scorpius. It's, Everything's it's different giving, for her. It's giving Scorpia a little bit of development and filling in some of her backstory. And even though she's got this wonderful, chipper, just wholesome character, there's a lot of tragedy behind her because we find out in this episode that her grandfather gave her to the Horde. And that that is... They hate me in the fields. That Yeah, and the fact that she's trying to keep such a positive attitude about it because she just... She just she doesn't know what else to do. She doesn't know how to confront it. And you really understand this is why Scorpia is the way she is, because she does see the horde as her family. Because yeah. her original and, family gave her up. And you know, when you're talking about how positive she is, I know I have known several people in my life that are like that. Super positive, wonderful people that are really internally dealing with a lot of trauma, a lot of issues. And for them to cope, their coping mechanism is to be always positive. Yes. Always upbeat. So it's, a, again, another big giant green tick for just creating a character that, that rings true. Absolutely. Um, and she is like, I wish I could play that clip that I sent you of the voice actor <laughs> when she discovered some birds. I can't, unfortunately, but... I was so delighted to hear the voice actress swear in a TikTok. <laughs> Lauren Ash is just so cool. Like, it's, the, the voice yeah. actress for uh, Amethyst on Steven Universe did a, did something where she had to swear for a part. And that was somebody took these voice clips of her swearing and edited it into the cartoon. And it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. Because I, how... I, adore, I adore Steven Universe. And just to yeah. hear this one character on this wholesome show, you know, F this, S that, and just, <laughs> dang, dang, Amethyst, go back we to the We will turn back into four-year-old kids, don't we? We'll go, hee 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 immediately. Did the F word. That's it. That's how I felt. Um, <clears throat> yes. Now, what changes Scorpia? Scorpia discovers the truth around the trap. Yes, and... It's the fallout from the last episode with Lonnie, Rogelio, and Kyle that kind of sends her on her way, which, like I said, nothing in this show happens in a vacuum. 
So you know, true. The whole Absolutely. thing about the horde doesn't care about any of us. Your family doesn't care about you, Scorpio. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely like it's it's really impactful for her because you're right. Most of the time, his Scorpio has been led that kind of oh, she's got a crush on Catra and she's just being super positive and she's being a bit of a simp. Um, it's a modern term, but uh, yeah, no, and essentially, Scorpio finds out and confronts Catra on it, yes. Um, you know, and says that she's a bad friend, and you know, there's a moment where you know that hit Catra hard. Oh, absolutely, that's that very action. That line, you're a bad friend, honestly, mm. it kind of hit me hard too because that is. That is one of the wonderful things about Scorpia basically dying right in front of you. Just the yes. fact that she she tries to see the best in people, and then yeah. she can't see that in in Catra anymore. anymore. And you're just it's it's such a tragic line. I've kind of hyped yeah. it up. That was it. That was the tragic line. You're a yeah. bad friend. It's a big. Uh, it's, uh, mm-hmm. But it, you're right. It is the death of that version of Scorpia. <clears throat> You know everything she does move. She's different. She's forever she changed. Is. She is. She's she's made moment. a breakthrough, which I think is yeah. healthy for her. Yeah, absolutely wonderful. Now let's get kicking into where are we? Where oh that was episode six. That was episode oh, six. We're we going go, to episode. Go, oh yes, go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to show a couple of images from this, which I helped. Um, the power dynamics here are changing again, aren't they? Yes, in they this are. Episode. They are changing. Go, Catra was felt like she was Hordak is is back. He's Stella's got his groove back by this point, I think. Yes, um, he's focused. <laughs> he has his end game. It's all about Horde Prime, isn't it? I mean, it's oh, all absolutely. about getting Horde Prime. That's what I love throughout the season too. We know it's coming. The this this darkness is on its way, and a lot of shows they'd be tempted. All right, let's deal with it now, and we can get on to another story. The fact that that threat is always there is really great. It just adds that extra layer of complexity. Yes, to yes. But, yeah, that's wonderful. Tick-tock. Yeah. But I think we spoke about just, just before the show, uh, This I love this episode. Episode 7. Yes. Mer Mysteries. After a disastrous mission, Mer Mister is certain there's a horde spy in Brightmoon and vows to sleuth them out with a mystery novel experience. <laughs> Could be a very flippant episode, a fun one-off, hey, let's do a murder mystery episode, but fundamentally important to the yes. season. Yes. Because, and I was shocked, I'll, I'll be honest, just to get to it, the fact that they figure out that Double Trouble is the spy in this episode, I went, oh, wow, they did that, like, very quickly. Like, this is great. I love the fact that they now... um. You know, that could have been something you would have stretched for ages, but the fact of dealing with it now was great. But anyway, that was the, the end of the episode. Man, Mermister is the star of this She episode. is such a fun so character. So wonderful. And I love the fact that she's basing <clears throat> her sleuth knowledge based upon that she's read a few books. And it just comes off, and I don't mean to be sound myself. No, hey, you I know, know what? A lot I would... of young women who read love <laughs> Harry Potter books or they love Twilight books or something like that, and therefore... They project themselves to be an expert on it, as we all do. I used to do that with Stephen King books when I was a kid. Hey, you but know what? F- we got entire people in this country who think that they're medical experts and they've never read a book in their life. <laughs> so if Mermista wants to read a book and think that she can solve a mystery, by gosh, Mermista, you solve a mystery. 
<laughs> the moment when she's describing, oh, that was just like that book, and Perfume goes, ah, spoilers. <laughs> and then she, she's she's writing down all the names of the books throughout the episode. Do you notice that? There's there's so many fun details in this show. Oh, that's this, so good. The second time you watch it or the third time you watch it, you're just like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. But it was all, but but the beginning episode, they, they, they tried to retake Drill. Complete and utter failure. Yes. So it dawns on them because I must say, even the last couple of episodes, I'm like, surely you guys are starting to think, what's going on here? We keep going to these locations, and there's a trap, there's a setup, there's all this. So the fact that at the beginning of this episode, they're going, something is bigger at play here. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. You are got it. You figured it out. Let's get into it. But it's the classic mystery kind of sense. Of playing out, could it be this person? Could it be that person? And we know it's a serious murder mystery kind of play on things because every time her mister says something important, lightning strikes. Lightning, just as she says it. <laughs> how are you doing that? Yeah, practice, she said. Practice. <laughs> I just love how they're a little meta, but not too meta. No, it's, no, it's it's, right. it's good meta versus you know the bad meta of Vel yeah. Velma. But what's playing through this episode and the dramatic part of this episode is Glimmer and Adora. And I really struggled with this, Jason, because I love them both. So I was really hating the fact that they were arguing. Well, neither one of them were wrong. And that's the no, best type of drama whenever no one's right and no one's wrong. Because you don't know. That's, that's what made Civil War such a great Marvel movie is because Iron Man was right. Captain America was right, Captain America was wrong, and Iron Man was wrong. Yeah. You could, you could take either side and be perfectly justified. And they definitely do that in this episode too. But it hurts to see characters that you've developed fondness for, who you know are always better when they're working together than against each other. Really, yes. you know, and this is where the power of Double Trouble is really exposing themselves. Like I said just before, she has a very specific aim to get between them. She's really successful at that point. Yes, they, they are just such a sinister character. But they have yeah. so much fun doing it that you kind of, you know, yeah, oh, yeah. tearing apart my friends, trouble. but it's okay. I still love you. Yeah, I love all the princes. Don't get me wrong. They're wonderful. But if I was to go and hang out or spend a couple of hours with someone, I'd probably be double trouble. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're going to be fun to chat to. Yeah. Um, do, do me again. Do me again. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Does my nose really look like that? <laughs> yes, darling. It. it looks like that. <laughs> and um but what we don't know and i was shocked at because i'm going oh wow they're really their friendship i don't know how they're going to get back from it we see initially that we think oh well you know this is just going to get worse and worse and worse and now double troubles able to go and get the what was she after? What were the is in the other room? She was the after book? the the scanner or something. Scanner, yeah, yeah. Which which was in the other room. What we didn't know, what I didn't know at the time, is around the whole confrontation around Shadow Weaver. They actually, the pair of them, had gone there and concocted this brilliant trap. Yes, and it was a brilliant trap. It was smart. I didn't see it coming. I was delighted to find out when it was kind of oh, brilliant, brilliant. They got them, you know. And maybe that's just because I'm not super smart, but yeah, you know, I I was in the hook line and thinking, oh, that is so cool that they did that. And they got a uh, double trouble. And double trouble initially tried to, oh, I'm Flutterina. 
But when she reveals, and she doesn't just reveal herself, she reveals being a shapeshifter by turning into all the different characters. Yeah, such a great I love that little moment. And then finally, like, it's me, darling. And it's like, what a reveal to the good guys. Ah, hi. I'm the problem. (laughs) It's me. (laughs) It says it in such an amazing way that you go... You're evil, but damn, you just seem like so much fun. You're, yes, yes, very much so. I love <laughs> I love this episode because it demonstrates that Adora and Glimmer and Bo are not stupid people. They are smart and they are capable and yeah. they do get to the bottom of things. Yeah. And um, although I would maybe question Bo in this episode. Maybe. Was he in on it? I don't even remember. No, Bo is throughout this entire episode when it's revealed as a spice, convinced that it's himself. Oh, that's right. So he goes the whole time as a lovable moron. Yeah, completely. (laughs) This is not one of Bo's smartest episodes. No. Certainly. But being Bo, being Bo, he's not accusing anyone else. He looks to himself. Yeah, that's how sweet he is. He's such a. He would never want to accuse anyone else. Yeah, he's, everybody needs a bow in their life. Oh, look! I tell you what, like, you know, for 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 son, if you're you're a father of a son or a daughter, uh, that's the type of person you would like them to be in a relationship with. Yes, you know, that's the type. Girls, of you, you know. listening? Yeah, I know y'all are watching this show. Y'all pretend like you don't, but I do. You find yourself a bow. A bow, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And one of so, y'all needs to find a double trouble just to keep it interesting. Yes, yes, <laughs> just to um, keep you on your toes occasionally. A double trouble would would definitely uh, assist in that. I but would be it's upset a wonderful until, cute little until they called that, me darling, and then I'd be like, okay, fine. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I know who we really are. <laughs> um, but it's like I said in the beginning of this, uh, the beginning of talking about this episode could have been a super throwaway, but it become really important, a centerpiece of the of the season so far. I would yes. suggest if they had cut um, the season in half, this definitely would have been the finale right here. Oh yes, oh well, it's got a great twist at the end because what well, yes. at the end is here I am, this is yeah. me in all my glory. It's, it's the and princesses of power watchman yeah. moment. Like, our plan, why, darling, our plan was executed two hours ago. Yeah, how great was that? How great was that line where they discover that, yeah, it's too late. And you you don't see that a lot because normally in these stories they go, oh, well, right now they're preparing, which always gives the heroes enough time to intervene. And it was so lovely to have a moment like, oh, it's 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 happened. It's too yeah. late. And personally, I like to. I I don't want to say I like it, but I thought it was great. I guess to see Mermista, yeah. who's been kind of this aloof, low key character, yeah. lose it at the end because her home's yeah. been destroyed. Yeah, and they do a number on it too. I yes, mean, they it do. Is, they get that C gate do. down, and it's just and and I, I suspect further on in this series. Now we get to see more of the after effects of this. Um, actually, I do know that because if I'm going to be really honest, yeah, you cheated. I did watch episode eight. <laughs> you watched it, <laughs> which we'll talk about next, uh, next show. I'm not supposed to because I was very naughty for doing that. <laughs> and I didn't slap myself on the fingers yeah. for that, but I uh, couldn't help it. It couldn't help it. This is like, you know, if you're going to give crack to a crack addict, 
you can't be surprised if occasionally they're going to you know, steal some crack. And that's where I'm at. You know, it's just like, oh, I have access to all this. So, um, no, but I stopped at episode eight because I know it's going to get really interesting. Wonderful first seven, seven uh, episodes, Jason. Really, Absolutely. Really great. Absolutely. Lack of entrapter bothers me a little bit. <clears throat> it is a little a foreboding, lot of is it not? It is a bit. It is. So because, you know, who doesn't love entrapter? Which brings us to our oh, next yes. segment, which is... The casting call segment oh, where me and you guys forgot to do it last week. Casting. <laughs> we forgot to do it. Sorry, guys. Yeah, we forgot. So caught up in. We like in, everybody uh, sees us as this well-oiled machine, but quite honestly, well, yeah. we're just fumbling around in the dark, knocking things over, and occasionally we forget things. Absolutely, I've got two guys in white uniforms out there with a jacket with really long sleeves, just waiting for me at the end of every episode. It's so. about time. Gosh. Yeah, I know. Uh, now, casting call. We 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 task we're trying to cast the live action version of this particular show so in this week we're doing of course entraptor <laughs> now i gotta be honest with you dude i for days for days have been racking my brain who i would cast as you know as a entraptor and i honestly i couldn't think of anyone because you had nailed it to the wall <laughs> You released who yours was straight away, and I'm like, I can't see anyone else playing this character but this particular actor. Jason, reveal who is your choice to play in Traptor. It was our choice now, but it's really Yes, yes, because you're just writing my coattails at this point. Oh, yeah, I'm just like, hey, he's done now. I don't have to bother. No, no, no. My choice to play in Traptor, star of Crazy Rich Asians, star of Raya and the Last Dragon, Star of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings and the upcoming mm. Renfield, the mm. beautiful, the talented, the gorgeous Aquafina. Also extremely hilarious and incredibly amazing hilarious. The, if, amazing dramatic actor. I, so, she was born to play Entrapta. I think that she could actually pull off the scenes where Entrapta stares at technology and goes, You're right. And that's what I come to. It, it was like sitting there and thinking, all right, the moment you mention it, I'm like replaying scenes from the show in my head, but replacing her in it. And I'm going, no, this is like a glove. This yes, is very much like so. A glove. I, <clears throat> like I'm sure I could have found another actor to put there, but if it was up to me, I would be uh, ringing Aquafina's agent and going, let's make a deal because yes. it's, she's perfect. She's got that energy the about her too, which I think she does. She has a manic energy, just like Entrapta does, and it's, yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I love it. God damn though, they again. You know, one day, guys, listeners, <clears throat> one day we're gonna hopefully, if 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 it's possible, I would love to talk to the writers of the show, and I'm oh, going to it make it my great. life's goal to get anyone who was involved in this show to come and have a chat about one of the best shows. I've ever seen so because there's so many questions about the the way they've developed this show. It's just like to me, I think this show deserved a documentary on what they did. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm like, kind of surprised I would love there's not one out there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So Aquafina's it. Like she yeah, is it. it. She, she is she's entrapta. she's entrapped. We will not be taking questions from the press at this time. No, no, that is it. Locked and loaded. 
So next week, we're not going to tell you who we're going to do next week, but we won't forget again, guys. We've we got to keep asking yet. this movie. So, we so no here we idea. go. Well, Jason, that gets us to the end of your yep. appearance on the episode, unfortunately. I suppose so, yeah. You've got to go off and run. Um, and I've got to do another Skeletor segment again. Oh, God. Okay. I don't know. Can't we just swap one day at least? No. Like, so, ah. No. All right. Well, we'll see you next time, Jace. Let's Bye. move on to Dear Skeletor. Ah, Dear Skeletor. It's one of my favourite segments. It's actually not. It's not. Hello, Skeletor. Evil Papa. How are you, mate? How are you doing today? It's not my favourite either. This is not yeah. a welcome event. It takes time for my day. You know, I've tried really hard to kind of connect with you, Skeletor, but you just, you're not a people person. Let's be honest. I'm not a you person. No, yeah, 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 yeah. I well, like people just fine, mashed into a stew. Mm. You, nothing but trifle. Yeah. Gristle yeah. on a steak. The fat you throw into the sink. Yeah, I hear you. All right. Well, let's move on to the question, Skeletor. We're going to find out. We've got a real interesting question for you that's come from our audience. I okay, doubt that, you... but continue. All right. Okay, here we go. Dear Skeletor, I am a 47-year-old woman, single mother of a 17-year-old boy. Unfortunately, my 17-year-old son has no motivation. Mm. If I ask him to take out the bins, he won't do it. If I mm. ask him to do the dishes, he won't do them. Even if I try to talk to him, he dismisses me. What can I do to get into my 17-year-old's brain and make him more outgoing? Well, if you want to get into your 17-year-old's brain, my advice is something sharp. Uh, I don't think that's what they were asking. What I the, think they want to know how they can reconnect with their son, not maybe oh, murder Why them. would you want to? Ugh. Okay, fine. You want to reconnect with your loser buffoon son who doesn't do anything around your house. Let me tell you, you're speaking to the right skeleton here because I happen to be in the same situation. I have hangers-on here at Snake Mountain who never do a thing. Simply, they just hang around just to have a place to sleep and something to eat. You know I'm talking about you. Get out of the corner. Uh, uh, hello, uh, Beastman? Hello. Hello. Uh, hello. Uh, yeah. Hello. Uh, do you think Skeletor was talking about you then? Uh, I thought he was talking about Merman. Was he talking about me? Uh, I don't know, Snuggle Bear. Hey, Snuggle Bear, I've got to ask you, like, uh, is that your dating profile user tag there? Seems pretty kind of inappropriate for a show like this. Snuggle, Snuggle Bear is my middle name. Oh, oh, apologies. I thought maybe you were on Tinder. I thought Can your you middle the... name was idiot. Ah, Skeletor, you're back. Yeah. Yeah, I never okay. left. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And listening not. to you talk to that moron. Uh, go sleep yeah. the go sweep the floor. I don't have yeah. a broom. Use your worthless hide. 
he's, Stop he's, crying. He looks like he's snickering at you. I wonder if he's, he's really so me. He it. hits me when no one's looking. I would hit you when everyone's looking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've actually seen it myself. So, so in anyway, conclusion, Skeletor. whoever wrote the letter, in conclusion, hit your son. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Violence is always the answer, I suspect. Absolutely. Violence yeah. is not only the answer. Violence can be the question. And the answer to that question is yes. Hey, Skeletor, I'm going to go off topic here a little bit. I was going to ask you something. Oh, Are you aware that the movie they made on, well, they did an adaption on, on you know, Attorney with a movie made 30 years ago called Master of the Universe. Are you aware of that at all? What? Uh, yeah. They made a movie based on you, based on oh, He-Man. And they Samuel made Skeletor Alice. the movie. I didn't know uh, they read my script. How nice. Uh, it's not what did you Skeletor think of the, the scene where I eviscerated He-Man with a butter knife? Yeah, look, I don't mean to be uh, mean, but it's actually called Master of the Universe. And I think it's yes, Master of the Universe. That's me. Uh, I think they're referring to He-Man, not you. What? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the way they did it. But I'll tell you what. dare they? Well, before making any judgments there, Skeletor, next Too week late. what we're going to do is that you, you can watch the trailer. We'll do a trailer reaction where you watch Master trailer Universe. Are so and, and I think you'll have a clearer picture of what it is. And I think... I think you might not be as angry about it once you've seen the trailer. So Has next this week, show gotten so creatively bankrupt that we're doing trailer reactions? Yeah, yeah, we're at that point. This is like really whenever are. they put a mirror out in an, in the forest and wait for a bear to walk by and jump at its own reflection. Yeah, basically, yeah. But uh, hey, you know what I am? Me. I, I'm <laughs> I just, I just to put you a mirror in Beastman's room. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to walk in there and see them, see the reflection and he's going to piss his pants. <laughs> That's pretty funny. That is pretty funny. That's pretty funny. No, but I'm on a pathway skeletal. I'm going to connect with you in any way possible. So I'm going to get, I'm going to expose you, you to this. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, going to be, you know what? I'm wearing your T-shirt. This is how much of a fan I am. And how much stuff. money did I make from that T-shirt? Exactly. Uh, uh, I don't know. That's what, what I thought. Mm. All right. Well, either way, next week, we're not going to ask a question. You're going to watch the Master Universe. You trailer. don't tell me what I'm going to do. I choose yeah. to watch the trailer to this Mister of the Universe, or whatever it is. Yes, yeah. yeah. fair enough. I did this, tell apologize. me something though. Yeah. Did this movie make any money? That's complicated. Maybe we'll talk about that next week. Because if you tell me it bombed, I will gladly uh, watch this trailer and react to it. Uh, uh, did the critics at least hate it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're liking that. Actually. Okay, I, yeah. I'll react to it. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll be next week. All right, guys. We're done. In my bedroom. <laughs> Peace, man. Yeah. I'll Thanks, guys, for watching. That's been another insane episode of Power of Jaysco and the Shiro. That was season four. 
Next show, we're tackling the rest of the season. Skeletor will be back doing a trailer reaction for it. Yes. Jason will be back on the show. Cool. We'll tackle that. And until next time, Skeletor, can you give me a For the Power of J-Skull? A what? Uh, well, Jason normally does this thing when he goes, For the Power of J-Skull. And because he's not here, I was hoping that you could possibly do it for us. How dare you? Yeah. I will. Okay, fine. I will end this show. I don't know. Who the hell was that? I'm sorry. That was an old reel. I was playing. Had some technical issues. Ignore that. This show is a disgrace. It is. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Skeletor. Give me a power of Jay's Court so we can get out of here. For the power of Jace, for the power of Dumb Skull, just end this show. <laughs> I 